0: People of Earth, we have come to upgrade your cosmic consciousness.
1: DNA activation ready in three, two, one. Hi, welcome to Q&A on Breakthrough Leadership. I'm Lou Quinto. And I'm Craig Anderson. Craig, today we have another guest. We're going to do another one of our interviews. And today's guest is going to be Scott Miller. And Scott Dannemiller is the Chief Learning Officer for Executive Development Associates out of Oklahoma City in Oklahoma. And what we want to do with Scott today is talk to him about training and development. As you and I have talked before, and you've heard me vent so many times, you know, the the business has changed. In March, my business model had to change completely because I wasn't standing up and delivering programs in the classroom anymore. I've had to literally overnight adjust to webinars and working through, with people through technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a big difference. And so what we'd like to do today with Scott is to talk to him about from his position as the chief learning officer for EDA, what sort of trends is he seeing? How is the business changing? And for those of you who are listening and you're looking at maybe doing some development and training of your people, what can you expect moving forward? So, let us bring on Scott Dannemiller. Okay, welcome, Scott Dannemiller. How are you, Scott? Hello, I'm doing well. Good to be here with you guys. Hey, we're, we're glad to have you on here. Uh, Craig, uh, S- Scott, as I said, is the a, a Chief Learning Officer for EDA. Uh, and he's also the author of a personal finance book, huh? uh, which was called, or still is called, The Year without a purchase that's right Scott and his wife actually for one year they made a commitment they would make no purchases outside of necessary things right right?
0: if you could if you could use it up in a year then you could buy it but you know yeah yeah And tell people if if I said I need a pair of pants, then my wife said you better be naked from the waist down that means because if you're wearing pants then you don't need pants you just want pants so I mean it's
1: yeah and Scott the entire year Craig blogged about it. Nice. all of that yeah because i mean you're raising kids and oh yeah they want stuff and you're like nope no birthday presents you, you could do birthday experiences right you got it experiences yeah. were on the
0: list you could do that but you know i took my son to a. Uh hockey game because he liked hockey but there's no foam finger you know we get but nachos you could use within a year hopefully there you go. so you get your nachos no foam finger watch the game and enjoy it but and it you, was still, actually, do, it and was you still
1: do that with them every year though see yeah, we tradition still do. you you've picked up but yeah he and he and gabby his wife and the kids were interviewed on uh what what's her name uh oh oh uh back when Tyra Banks had her Tyra show. Banks, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they were, yeah, they went out, they flew them out there, they were on there. You even were on uh, some Australian Today show. Yeah, right? yeah, Sunrise Australia, the
0: Today show in Australia, which, which was wow. the shortest short-lived interview in the world. They say never bring kids or pets to live TV. There's a reason. They wanted our kids with us and it was
1: well, that's because they wouldn't give her a microphone, right? That's or,
0: right. Yeah, <laughs> and she sat there the whole time pouting, and it was it was a disaster.
1: Yeah, oh, but oh you can gosh. still buy that on Amazon if you want that's, to go out. It's a year without a purchase. It's that, a, that's it, right. It, it's a it's a it's a fun book to read because you you really start thinking about okay, could I go a year without making a purchase? And my favorite story out of that before we get into our subject here at hand is a. Scott like was into this a month and your suitcase broke.
0: Yes. Yeah. The travel suitcase was oh, beyond no. repair. And yeah. so what did you, so
1: tell everyone what you well, had the, to do. The
0: rule was you could, either, you could fix it if it broke, but this was beyond fixing. So, um, the only way you could buy something, a replacement is, is if no suitable replacement was available. So my wife said, well, you know, there is a suitable replacement. Audrey, who at the time was my you know six-year-old daughter, uh, she has her suitcase that you can use. It was this little tiny, like lavender, you
1: know, uh, bag. Nice.
0: So I'm dragging that dressed in a business suit through the airport, this <laughs> tiny <laughs>
1: you you even put a sign on it didn't you yeah yeah without a purchase (laughs) yeah yeah yes
0: I'm a Uh, businessman
1: with a tiny purple suitcase nice later you know oh so anyway Scott the reason why we wanted to call you is because uh one of the biggest businesses uh that you know we talk about developing people is training and development Mm -hmm. and you and I are both in the biz and I, I want we Craig and I both wanted to get from your perspective that training and development business what happened to it in 2020 you know how did it change and here now being in 2021 if I'm in the learning and development department in my work, and I want to hire a Scott or a Lou or Craig, what can I expect since classroom probably won't be around for at least another year? uh, Mm -hmm. What can we, what can we expect? So why don't we start with March 15th, 2020, March 15th. How did your business change? I Hmm. was on March 15th. I was unpacking
0: my suitcase from my last trip thinking i wonder when i'll get back on the road well you know (laughs) unless it's a trip to the grocery store it ain't happening yeah so it's uh it was a shock to the system for everybody and and so one i feel at first there was a lot of woe is me in our business, right? You realize in a pandemic, when you choose to make your living by getting in tightly closed places and breathing on people for eight hours a day and, and talking, it wasn't, that was a poor career choice. But at the same time, um, after that that moment of panic, the doldrums where nobody in business really knew what was happening in March, right. April, May. So everything just got canceled. Uh, feeling fortunate that we're in a business in training and development where you can make adjustments. It's not like the hospitality industry or, or restaurants and things like that where right. you really were in a lot of force shutdown mode. It was a time to retool, and try to figure something else out.
1: Okay, what what did the retooling in your in your business involve?
0: Uh, well, frankly, there was a lot of organic development, I would love to say that it was this concerted, very focused, planned Mm -hmm. effort to do things differently. What it really was, was just a response to client need. What is it that they're needing right now? What do they feel comfortable doing? Um, And how do they need to develop their leaders for this, this new world that we're in, where people are working remotely, we're dealing with more uncertainty than ever before. Uh, So there was just this organic growth to say, Right. How can we give clients what they need using a vehicle that nobody was very familiar with at the time, which was remote learning?
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I've used this expression before. Craig's heard it a thousand times. But I mean, on March 15th, it was like someone took my schedule. It was like an etch a sketch. They just shook it and said, No business. (laughs) <laughs> Move yeah. So Try to figure it out. Yeah. So, so let me ask this in the evolution. Okay. Uh, what have you found from the client's perspective as far as have their needs changed? Have they been very adaptive to the changes as opposed to having my people come together and go to a classroom and hire Scott, you know, to come in and talk to them for eight hours now we're doing it in ninety-minute, two-hour segments via webinar. What's been the reaction from clients? Uh, I think initially there was skepticism. Can we do this? Can
0: people really learn in this remote environment? Okay, that, and- that was
1: the big question: is can yeah. people learn in the remote? Yeah, because if you if you look at it, I mean, it and you look at uh, our, our your kids, school kids. I mean, studies are showing that it's not working for them
0: no no and it's not so it's not working for school kids if i'm going to give you my just anecdotal evidence answer it's trying to teach people something that they can't immediately apply and so there's not really an inherent incentive for me to take the learning and to be able to use it right away my kids they're in middle school high school and they come home and they say what am i going to be able to use this stuff
1: well well, What's well t- tell them they'll never use calculus ever. Exactly. <laughs> well, don't even yeah. pay attention to <laughs>
0: I'm really good at helping them fail their algebra assignments at this point. <laughs> you know, I realized that my graduate education did not prepare me to teach seventh grade math. But <laughs> when you think about the, the corporate environment, what is interesting is uh, there was always a knock on remote learning, one, that it's not engaging, two, uh, that it's not as relevant. And three, there's the application issue. How can I look at something on this screen and then take it and apply it? Right. And so the, the thing that was a huge learning, I think for clients was one, that people can develop a facility with using this uh, remote tool and an ease with doing it in a comfort level and doing it really quickly when required. Right. Right. I think to be able to expect the average corporate person uh, prior to this pandemic, especially when you go to to the front lines of perhaps a workforce that wasn't just at a computer all day, to be able to expect them to share documents, to engage in meaningful conversation uh, and to have a comfort level in leading that activity themselves. We didn't think it was possible. Well, a month or two in, everybody knows how to share a document. Everybody knows how to set up a meeting and everybody knows how to get real work done in this environment. They may not like it, you know, and and they may not be dressed the way they did before, but they figured it out. Um, And to the benefit of people who are responsible to them for taking that comfort level in this environment and translating that into development and learning. yeah.
2: So, Scott, you said you guys, a key to your success over the last, over 2020 was meeting your clients where they were. How did their needs evolve over the course of 2020? What kinds of training did you think they were going to need and what kind of training did they end up really needing as the year progressed?
0: Yeah, well, well, what was interesting is they they came to us, well, initially, yeah. a lot of the clients were coming to me with needs that were less related to actual job-related leadership skills and more related to how do I keep this whole individual whole enough to be able to lead other people? So there are lots of requests initially for, yeah, you know, how do I teach uh, resilience in myself and how do I mm-hmm. encourage resilience in my people? How do I maintain sanity in a time of crisis? How do I lead, in this uh, moment of uncertainty when people are feeling personally bogged down threatened stressed depressed all of that it was it was almost mental health training for the leader and then um, as that subsided then there were these requests for you know what we need right now in this moment is how do I lead a project with a team that's located in five places and we only get together 15 minutes a day or what is, and so what's great about this remote environment, whereas before we would create a day long or a multi-day program, it's so conducive to the bite-sized learning that adults really need. Mm -hmm. Frankly, this type of learning in a remote environment and little one hour two hour practical hits is what we would have done 10 years ago if a the audience would have had a facility with this and b if the travel schedules worked out you know there's something about having to be there and there is something about being there in front of people but if you're going to travel to toronto for a class you might as well be there all day and spend all day now we have these little bite-sized hits so clients get exactly what they need a lot faster. There's not a lot of butts in seats time for coordination for a virtual meeting as there was for face-to-face. Right. And and it's meaningful, it's digestible, and it, it brings results immediately.
1: Yeah, interesting Craig, because remember in our very first mailbag podcast, one of the questions that we had from somebody was, is an eight hour or is a 90 minute to two hour program as effective as a eight hour classroom training? And uh, my response was no. And But you can make it effective by doing exactly what you said, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. So what you used to do where you and I had clients that we would spend an entire day with them is you take that eight hours and you divide it up into two-hour segments, and you may have to deliver the training over a period of time as opposed to delivering it all at once, which Mm -hmm. I, I think is perfect. What you said is that's the way adults like to learn. Yep. Because you and I have had these conversations before when we've trained together is you, you get individuals that they just get by lunchtime, they're saturated. And mm. you and I would be looking at each other, eating our lunch, going, <laughs> I got to spend another four hours. I can't believe it. <laughs> folks, yeah. these folks have checked out already and I've got to spend another four hours with them. And so it can be more productive if it's focused, it's if it's directed at How is it, can it solve a problem that I'm experiencing right now? Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, and
0: it forces clients to prioritize, right? We have a uh, a client who uh, their leaders are, and all leaders, and you've had to deal with this, I'm sure as well, is they're going to have conversations they've never had with employees before from everything, from (laughs) whether it's you have dissension in people who have different political views or or there's the Black Lives Matter movement and how that's impacting workplaces, the diversity, equity, inclusion conversations that are now front and center. Yep. Leaders are having to have these conversations
2: mm-hmm.
0: right now. And we can't get into a room together and figure this out. So let's, how do we teach leaders? Well, we've got to break it down. And so it can be as effective but you're gonna to have to prioritize the learning. All right, so in that instance, what is it that a leader most needs? Well, the first, let's start with, if I'm navigating these conversations either one-on-one or I'm having to moderate this conversation, let's just start with what's the story in your head and let's do a quick hit leadership learning on, on mindset and framing situations so that I don't feel threatened in that conversation. And if we can spend 60 minutes doing that and then reach back out to the leaders a week later and say, how's it going? And that reframing of conversations, how is that changing the dynamic of those conversations? And to get the answer that, yes, it is. And I'm entering into those conversations differently. I'm making different assumptions about the people in the room. That's a quick win. Now, do they know how to have that whole conversation yet? No. No, but it's, It's the baby steps of of getting the ultimate goal of navigating a tough conversation. It's
1: like where we were when diversity training started to become popular. How do we have these conversations about diversity? Because Mm -hmm. the the subject you mentioned is part of diversity. I've got Mm -hmm. one political view. You have another political view. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm for Black Lives Matter. You tend to believe all lives matter. And those where, you know, I'm not casting any aspersion of what's right or what's wrong, but those are discussions that people are having.
0: Yes. And one of the big knocks on this whole virtual thing is that it's not the same as being there with somebody in the room. You have these, you know, the conversations over the water cooler, hey, have you tried the hummus? And then that leads (laughs) to something else in the break room. But (laughs) what is really interesting to me about this is that sure, I got behind me my office artwork that i purchased for 20 bucks at the furniture store because i was like give me the cheapest clearance item you can't like the stuff that's going out to the dumpster that's what i want so (laughs) they were only 20 bucks a piece but so we try to sanitize this environment but the other thing that happens is there is an intimacy that get that we can achieve in this medium that we couldn't in the office and that's because my dog is on the floor over here. My kid's gonna barge through the door here right. in a moment. And yep. it's it's allowed us to have conversations about leaders being real people with real interests outside of the office. And what that does is for those difficult leadership conversations, it starts to level the playing field a little bit. Yeah, realize, you know, just like that old video. Of the the CNN anchor or whatever, when his wife walks in, his kids walk in in the middle yeah. of an interview. Yeah, that is
1: all of us. Yeah, well, and in fact, yeah. when that happened in 2017, it, within 24 hours, it got eight million views. Yeah, if that happened today, it wouldn't get five views. No, it's like yeah, that
0: happened on my happens, all the, time,
1: happens yeah. all the time. Happens all the time. Well, you know, it's funny that you said that because Craig and I just did an episode uh, a, a week or two ago talking about lead lessons in leadership learned during the COVID uh, era. And one of the things we talked about was creating, Craig, that evil, even playing field that CEOs are human. And, yeah. we you know, we need to know that they put their pants on the same way that we put our pants on, one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. And so this truly, as you said, has broken down. Yeah. Now, their yeah. pants may cost a $1,000, but <laughs> the <laughs> same way, the same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and l- unless they're practicing a year without a purchase, then who knows? Yeah.
0: There you go. Then you yeah. got to make your own pants out of yeah. a burlap sack. Yeah.
1: Well, well Scott, I'm, I'm looking yeah. at our time here, and I just want to make yeah. sure that we – okay, we're in 2021. Yep. What can we expect in learning and development mm-hmm. from, from outside vendors like you and Craig and mm-hmm. I? What 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 can our clients expect?
0: Yeah. So here's what your clients should expect: is uh, more tailored and individualized solutions Good. because this environment. Um, the downside to this virtual environment is people looking at a screen. We could tend to become really passive, like if we're watching Netflix, and I don't engage. Right. So what clients can expect and should expect is, well. Two things, one, engaging virtual programs. It right. can't just be a talking head, your, your free webinar. Mm-hmm. It has to be an interactive, real, meaningful conversation. Mm-hmm. So we've gotta get out of theory really quick. Yep. And number two, what clients should expect is individualized solutions. And what I mean is individualized for the learner themselves. The other thing this environment allows us to do much more efficiently and effectively is the one-on-one and small group coaching to take what, you, what you're learning in a virtual classroom environment and get some immediate application that applies to you as a leader. It's, right. And I'm going to apply it a little differently. I may have a different situation and to almost have concierge type learning services Um, Now, the scalability becomes a a question with that and and one that you can answer, but uh, that is what I think personally makes this medium as effective, if not more so than just the stand-up classroom environment. And honestly, I don't see this going away. I see this being a valuable tool that is applied to keep learners engaged after that face-to-face session where you know, we have to be in the room together to really learn this kind of team dynamics and the subtleties and the body language. But at the same time, we can reinforce it in a very efficient and effective way through small uh, quick hits. Well, like you guys are doing here with a podcast or a live event. So
1: right. Nice. Okay, good. Uh, Let's take it into key takeaways. Craig, what were key takeaways you got from Scott?
2: Well, as the person who sat for 25 years on the other side of that eight hour day of training. I'm so excited to know we're now going to do it an hour and a half chunks. That was really my key takeaway is to have this in a way that it doesn't feel like it's blowing up my whole day or my whole week, then I can come in. It's going to be two hours of intense training. That's really going to benefit the way I want to learn. I think that's fantastic. And I think it just shows Lou. And as we've also talked about coming out of COVID, the need to innovate and break to go down to kind of Base assumptions, throw them out the window and try something new. And it sounds like Scott, from what you're saying, that's exactly what's happened and what's worked over the last year.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. My key takeaway and obviously because Scott and I are in the same boat is short to the point, very focused, That's what training is going to be moving forward. And like, I agree 100%, Scott, this will not go away. Even though COVID may go away at some point and we may have classroom training again, this is is not going away. This Mm -hmm. is convenient. It's a great way to deliver as long as you're not expecting people to be on for eight hours at a time. Short to the point, let me get on with my job and I'll make time for training then. So, that's right. Yeah, and it'll yeah.
0: still have the ROI. It, right. Exactly. It'll, it'll definitely have the ROI.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Scott, what's your key takeaway my from key takeaway your presence is, with us today? <laughs>
0: of course, you know, as we're all in our, in our little autonomous offices, my key takeaway is to the value in continually reaching out and collaborating, collaborating, smashing minds together and coming up with new ideas. There is always uh, an energy that comes from this, for me. Right. So whether it's a, a structured training environment or simply just a conversation like this, uh, there's so much value in that. So right. I appreciate the invite to be on your session today. Sure. Thanks, Thanks for Scott. being here. It's great. Yes. Uh, yeah. How can people get in touch with you, Scott? Ah, get in touch with ah. me via <laughs> EDA, right? Uh, Executive Development Associates on the website. We have uh, all of our bios on the team or, and the world's longest email address, which is s Dana Miller, D-A-N-N-E-M-I-L-L-E-R at executivedevelopment.com and would love to hear from people. So
1: Okay, terrific. Well, Scott, we enjoyed having you on today. Uh, you know, uh, obviously learning and development moving forward, particularly with leadership development is going to be so important as we come through this COVID era. Uh, and I know that people are going to be focused on how can I best develop. Our people. And I think you've given us some good advice. So appreciate you being with us. We'll be in touch Thanks a lot. It's Thanks Scott. Take, care, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Lou, that was a great interview with Scott. Thanks for reaching out and bringing him in. Sure. Good friend of mine. We've, I've known Scott for years, so yeah. it was good to see him again.
2: Yeah. The, the need for training is not going to go away. And it was really interesting to get his perspective.
1: So, sure. And, yeah. and especially for those companies who are looking at 2021 and looking at training and developing their people. I think Scott gave us some good information on what they can expect moving forward.
2: Perfect. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this information and you were thinking about bringing some additional training into your organization in 2021, like, share, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes where we launch every Thursday at 9:30 in the morning. You can find us on our website qaleadership.com, on our channels on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and on all your favorite podcasting platforms where it's turning out we're being pretty popular. I'm not sure what that says about our video
1: presence, Lou, but we seem more popular on
2: podcasts.
1: Yeah, oh, well, we, we, have a, we have a voice only a mother can love, right? That's, that that's or, something like or, or, that. I'm sorry, that's a face only a mother could yeah, love.
2: a face made for <laughs> radio, that's us. So
1: until next time, I'm Craig Anderson. And keep your hands washed, keep your distance. I'm Lou Quinto.